live from Blair County Convention Center in Altoona, Pennsylvania. It's the Kima Podcast, the Emergency Management Podcast for Kima members by Kima members. I'm your host, Paul Falavolito, and it's Amy Amir again. I wasn't sure if you'd remember my name. You obviously didn't remember where we were. Listen, we've done so many of these, I'm starting to like black out with the intro here okay, well, but here, here's my name tag so you remember who I, am. I i got it i got it so special episode here for episode 33 is the classes are letting out um you know we we talk about this a lot uh th- that we always want to engage more with our county and our local emergency uh management coordinators and so we're very lucky we're going to do a two for one today uh we have mr joel landis with us he's the somerset County EMA Director. Hi, Joel. Hi. Good morning. Welcome (laughs) to the Kima Podcast. And uh, you roped this guy into it, David Cubison from Bedford County uh, Emergency Management Director. That is correct. Okay. Well, both of you, welcome uh, to the Kima Conference and to the Kima Podcast. And so um, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about uh, your experience so far, uh, Joel uh, Akeem, I see you. Every, uh, the, you were here last year. Correct. You're here again this year. What do you think? That's great. It's great to uh, interface with new people, right? I, I sat uh, last night, got to speak to somebody from uh, Tioga County, uh, Sullivan County, Cumberland County, right? Uh, new faces, new people. Uh, got a lot of good networking in, great classes, um, you know, state, federal, local instructors, been a great conference yeah it's one of the things we always talk about you know not only do we try to give world-class educational offerings here because we have people from all over the country that flew in to present this year which i think is fantastic but the networking that that you can create here it's it's what you make of it right you can either sit in your hotel room and twiddle your thumbs or you can get out and be active and meet people and uh you know you you end up meeting people that you connect with on some level uh, and you just never know when you may need to call on them as a as a resource. And uh, Dave, what about you? Is this your first year, or were you here last year as well? No, this is my first year to this event. Okay. Last year, I was actually tasked with uh, damage assessment from the flooding that we had that lasted from mid-August through the end of September. And it really just never ended until the end of the year. So I wasn't able to get here last year. I lamented about that quite a bit because I've always heard, I've always heard, you know, Kima and, and the folks that I know that are involved very deeply in Kima, I have great respect for. This year, I was able to um, come out for today and tomorrow. And uh, I, I have to reiterate, you know, what uh, the director from Somerset County said and what you said also, Paul, in speaking about uh, the networking. You know, in emergency management, um, People think about emergency. Well, actually, they don't. You know, we're one of the hidden treasures or the hidden tasks that are behind the door of first response into the community. And if you think about it, we are... It's a dichotomy. We we have first response capabilities, but at the same time, we're that secondary um, uh, response that comes out, uh, maybe even tertiary in some points. Um, the networking that goes on beyond these uh, with these people is pretty in- intense, and the general public, if you say to somebody, so, "Oh, what do you, Paul? What do you do for a living?" 
you know, you can come up and say, well, I'm a teacher. Uh, you know, I'm a, you can even say I'm a county commissioner or I'm, I'm this person. Right. Or this, you know, I'm a doctor. But you come over and you say, I'm an emergency manager. Blank. Dead silence, just yeah. like you heard. It's kind of like, the, yes, exactly. Blank, blank it's, stare. It's the blank stare. And, um, and it, it's, sometimes it's a difficult thing to explain the entire complexities of the, of the occupation and the career discipline. But the Kima Conference, what I've seen today so far uh, in brief, is the fact that people are coming here. They're seeking knowledge. They're connectional people, which I think is incredibly important. Um, and they're seeing new things, maybe not new in, I've heard of this before, but anytime that someone imparts vital information to us in a new respect, sure, it's growth. And, that, and that's what I'm enjoying so far today. Yeah, and so all of a sudden you walk in today on day one, Joel says, hey, come and put these headphones on and come and talk to these people absolutely. about emergency management. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah. So what I said to what I said to Joel immediately is, I said, I agree to this under one condition. He, you know, and, and he kind of looked at me and thinking, what's he going to give me now? <laughs> but one condition, I said, Joel, you're going to be play by play, and I'm going to be color. <laughs> <laughs> because Joel, I'm going to tell you this right now, because he he's too he's too humble to speak this himself. Joel is actually a subject matter expert in a number of areas, far exceeding what I believe the job requirements um dictate and, right and i know i've leaned on him a number of times for help um when things have happened in bedford county and, sure. and he's been right there and i've appreciated it deeply so well, thank you director so joel tell us a little bit about your background how did you land where you, where you landed uh today in somerset county well that's a that, <laughs> that, that's a um good question um i don't know how i ever got into public safety uh, i've been been in it since I've been a teenager, um, you know, worked my way up from a part-time dispatcher up to the director of the whole department, right? I guess the American dream. So that, that's all I've done, ever done, right? Some fast food in high school, and that was that was about it. So Very the cool. rest is history. But, um, you know, one part, uh, you know, in emergency management we see is, is just, um, you know, recruiting people to do tasks based off of what you know, like, like Director Cubison, right? You you have a background in, in communications, and I knew about it. And as soon as I hit the floor out here coming for you, <laughs> just realized there's Director Cubison right. from Bedford, and, and what a great person Absolutely. to have on a podcast. And then when that I mentioned nice. podcast, you are like, what's a podcast? Well, I know what a podcast is. So sure. right now we've just educated somebody, yeah. right? right, because of Kima, because yeah. of the conference. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And now he's going to leave as soon as I upload this and his name and his county is going to be heard around the world. Yeah. So, yeah. Welcome to Kima. For something positive. Absolutely for something. I mean, nothing's blowing up. Nothing's rolling over. There's not enough wood to knock on right now. Oh, I don't don't believe in wood. (laughs) What about you, Director Cubison? What's your background and what's your story? My story, I'm just here for the donuts. <laughs> <laughs> and most people that know me says, yeah, you really do. <laughs> um, now, my background, um, raised in Butler and uh, have, still have a good number of friends in, in Butler for, that are involved in emergency management. Um, uh, raised in Butler, uh, came out of there, went to Slippery Rock University, all stand. Um, and at that point was very interested in uh, the degree work was actually uh, the two majors were uh, recreation and communication. 
And because recreation, there was a hiring freeze put on with the Department of Interior. When I was a junior, I stayed, finished out my communication, went into broadcasting, radio and TV out in the Pittsburgh-Butler area, uh, and then moved to, to Bedford. Interestingly enough, had um, this is my 40th year in emergency services as far as fire, EMS goes. Um, but uh, interestingly enough, was not directly involved in it other than a, a very volunteer capacity. Uh, moved to Bedford, and for 10 years I was on the pastoral staff of a United Methodist Church in town. 9 occurred, uh, 11, uh, uh, 2001, yeah. September 11th. And uh, I just felt it, uh, it was very interesting. Um, John, Wes- John Wesley phrased it uh, in his experience that his heart was strangely warmed, his conversion experience at Aldersgate. What happened to me was my heart was strangely warmed to say God was saying to me, um, you've done everything you can here. I have a whole new direction for you. Very interesting because I had been um, PIO in Bedford County sure. for, the, for the staff in a volunteer position, uh, but opened a lot of doors for me to move into the position as deputy and then, and then finally um, as director, um, going alongside uh, gentlemen like um, uh, Director Landis here. But um, really live in Bedford, have a, an experience in Bedford that is just unique and, and a beautiful area to grow up in, and the people in that area are, um, are one of kind. They're very special people, and it's a great place to, to raise kids too. Sure. But so I come back from a very, uh, very different experience, um, which gives me uh, a different maybe take on emergency management coming back from uh, not only uh, in the the broadcast industry, but also from a faith community, leadership in a faith community, and then coming into into emergency management. So when I look at when I look at people and the needs of people, sometimes it may be a little different than what. Uh, uh, most uh, folks may look at w- when they see, oh, there's an unmet need. Um, not to say it's any better than anybody else's view, but it's a different view. And, sure. And, uh, so anyway, that's that's my story. My book will be out in six weeks. Uh, <laughs> don't wait Very for cool. the movie. <laughs> don't wait for the movie. That's no, all good. Um, it's, it's all good stuff. I just have other questions, too, just because I come, the county I come from. Do you guys have nine, do you oversee the 911 center as well, too? We have a 911 coordinator, but that's within our department. That's within yes, your department. Yeah. That's within your yes. I just always find it, because sometimes it's two separate houses, sometimes it's all one, and I, I always like to ask that question just because it's what I live every day. It's so. all in one house for us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and one of the things I see is in our place, we're a very small, we're a small county, you know, 48,000 people, and um, a very small staff, but... Um, it's one house, as you said. Yeah. In in some counties, um, there needs to be work done because in some counties, 911 and EMA don't even talk to each other. Right. They're not a connectional people. I look at this as being very connectional. We have to be connectional in what we do because, you know, I, I think about, you know, take me back to the scripture that says, you know, where there's no vision, the people perish. Well, that's very related to EMA. It's very related to 911. It's very related to what we do in, in in who we are and whose we are. So we have to be able to communicate well. We have to be able to work together. Um, I think I think uh, both these two counties that you're speaking with today do that fairly well. Uh, I think there's other counties, not as a criticism but as an observation, um, need to work on that so that they are more whole, more complete, and that their service to the constituents are more complete as well. 
I, I just think it, I just find it interesting. The two of you, I know that you guys are neighbors and you interact a lot, but the like you can totally tell like your comfort like your comfort level with each other. Oh my, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, mean, it, I just think, and it just shows like, like kind of just backing off what you just said, but it just shows the partnerships too um, that the different counties have and and everything like that. But I just think that's it's just kind of cool. I don't know. I, it I, is. It is really cool. You <laughs> know, and I wish the yeah. public knew that, right? That, right. That, we operate seamlessly like that, and yep. no, I don't know that industry would know that, right? No. Yeah, yeah, and, and quite frankly, what we do, we don't have any trade secrets. Speaking of industry, we have nothing to gain from hit, uh, from Director Landis' failure, or for him to gain from my failure. What we have to do is we have to encourage each other, we have to support each other, and quite. Quite frankly, and I'll say this publicly, which I am now, um, I trust Joel implicitly. If something happens, and it has in my county a number of cases, and he has offered help or I've called over, he has been there, and, and he's he's forsaken things that I'm sure he would much rather do to come into my political subdivision and help. And quite frankly, you know, if he gives me a call, um, I will be there too, especially if he has donuts. Yeah, we'll yeah. and keep, that's the way it should work, right? I'll have to keep Absolutely. that in mind. So, you know, Paul and I want to do, like, a world tour of, like, EOCs and different um, department, like, di- different departments. So can we put you guys on our world tour list? Absolutely. Like, we want to come and broadcast live, hang out, you know, you know, hang out and kind of do this, mm-hmm. like, but in your office and have your office staff come and just come and hang out with us and stuff like yeah. that. And so. technology has really helped with our silos. You know, we're solidifying that right now as we build a fiber pipeline over to Bedford. And that's, Absolutely. that's another thing that you see is when you come to those EOCs, you're going to see our increased technology. But the, the key factor is we're going to be able to operate, right, out of each county, not independently, but we'll be able to operate and backhaul each other that's, because of technology. That's awesome. See, like, that's the stuff that mm-hmm. people don't see. We have that same partnership in, with Chester and Montgomery counties. So people don't always know, you know, they say, well, what happens if you have a catastrophic? Well, we have plans. Right. Like it's, do you have a generator? Yep. The size of a school bus. <laughs> you, you know, I mean, people just don't think that we, we look at that for, look forward. Sal. Yeah. You know, one of the things you guys touched on about how you said in emergency management, there's no secrets. No one has anything to, you know, benefit or gain from if someone fails. One of the things for me that draws me to emergency management is there's no competition in emergency management. You know, I've been an EMS guy for 21 years, and the number of EMS services that just headbutt and compete, and the same thing with fire services, and same things with some police departments, right? it's, It's driven me crazy for two decades, and now you land in emergency management, and dare I say we're one big happy family, but it sure feels like that, you know, when I go to any of the quarterly uh, trainings or any of the conferences like this one or anything like that, it's just everybody would move heaven and earth to help each other. You know, there's nothing proprietary. We don't hide things from each other. We all share it, and, and, it, just, and it just works, and it's because you have this core group of people that get it and understand that it's a bigger calling and it's a bigger need um that that we serve for what we serve and who we serve um and to me that's a great thing it's and, and i'll be honest with you it's kind of what has 
rejuvenated my career because after 21 years being an EMS chief, it's not that I don't love EMS anymore. It just doesn't get my blood pumping anymore. It's become so robotic and routine, and along comes emergency management for me in the last five, six years, and I'm like, ooh, cool, we got a little baby flood happening, and I'm, like, excited again, right? And so it's, it's to me, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a wonderful experience. Um, what do you guys think about this new generation of emergency management that's actively hitting the streets, that's going to be hitting the streets, graduating from some of these bachelor and emergency management colleges. We had a gentleman on yesterday from Penn Technical yep. uh, College. And, you know, so now you have these students and they're here. They're, they're very well-dressed, walking around in suits, <laughs> very professional, very into it. And this is what they're going to school for. And perhaps you didn't go to school for emergency management, right, traditionally the way that they are today, and probably neither did you. And now all of a sudden here's these bachelors and associates and master's programs in emergency management. It's fantastic. What do you guys think about those? Well, I, I think even though neither of us have degrees in emergency management, mm-hmm. however, we came up through the ranks of all that education, right? So if we were able to show everything that we had to go through to get sure. to where we're at today, it'd be a monumental. It's a master's degree. Right. <laughs> yeah. So You have a street master's degree. <laughs> what's nice, though, is now we can take young, right, yep. people, send them to college and, and get the education that, that we had to just by, I, I guess, having to live through those different curriculums, right? The different events that caused them to come out with the training for us to take and go forward. So I think it's nice that we're going to get a package deal now, right? When we, we go to, to bring these people into emergency management, they're already going to be to that education level that we expect, not that they had so many years working in emergency management to have it. So. Absolutely. You know, I, I take a look at this and I say, you know, the, the information that um, somebody stores up from uh, education is one thing. But once again, it comes down to people skills. It comes down to connectionalism. Uh, and I'm going to liken this to somebody going, if I may, just from my background, somebody that um, is called into, say, the priesthood or somebody called into the pastorate, um, they better, just like this, they better well have a good established rock-bottom solid uh, experience in life before they go to, as I say, go to seminary. Because people have a misconception of seminary and even colleges. Um, they think they're going to be there to train me, to teach me, to, to make me better in what I do in my chosen discipline. And that is just the absolute opposite. And what I mean by that is the educational systems are designed to challenge you, in some cases to, to rock, if you will, your faith in what you think is the truth and what you believe in. So the first thing that these young people need to do is from home, from their their high school experiences, they need to at least know who they are. They need to know whose they are. They need to know what what they're about because when they go into the system and get educated, um, that is information given to them. Yes, it's very uh, formula, uh, formulatic, uh, and it and it it tends to be from somebody's perspective. So when they come to a point of where this director is with me, where we sit, um, there's a heck of a lot more to it, not only in the people skills, but in understanding the world. A, t- a 22-year-old 
would be far short of coming in and walking into these positions right out of the educational experience. So what's my recommendation? They have to be students of people. They have to be able not to have these large um, egos. Because you, you mentioned yourself, Paul, you said about fire uh, or EMS companies, mm-hmm. you know, and the, the little sovereignties that go on and the little turf wars that go on. I've had 40 years of that. Um, and quite frankly, I'm, I'm pretty tired of it, too. <laughs> Not to criticize our EMS and our fire sure. folks and our law enforcement folks are the greatest in the world. Um, but people have to know how to deal with people and what makes people do the things that need to be done. Sure. So there's, there's a lot more than just the education that goes into it. I think there's a bright future in it, uh, but I, I, think that, I think it's not for everybody. Right. One of the great things I think about an organization such as Kima, they've already addressed this and recognized it, and we have a mentoring committee mm-hmm. that is putting the framework together to harness and pull these uh, individuals out of school and start to set up apprenticeships, you know, wherever they are and, and kind of, you know, like I always refer to it as, uh, you know, the old guard gets hold of the, the new guard and they're going to show them the ways and teach them, teach them the ways, you know, kind of like a Yoda Luke Skywalker type thing <laughs> for lack of better words. So you speak the truth. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was amazing. <laughs> so that is the closing music. Uh, gentlemen, I very much appreciate your time. For sure. I hope you enjoy the rest of Chemicon 2019. And Joel will show you how to find the podcast <laughs> yeah. uh, as soon as we're done here on I'll your need phone. Help. Well, and plus, once you're a member, you'll start to get the emails with Absolutely. the links to yep. them. Too. I look so. forward to that. And always, I say, go rock. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Thanks for having us on. Yep. Yep. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Amy, thank you. Yeah, thank you. And this is episode 33 of the Kima Podcast.